Welcome to Toby Heddock's Who's Round. This is a good one. I hope we get excellent punch-in appreciation figures. I'll set the scene very quickly because uh, we're short of time for this one. It's just up the road from where I live, though, which is very handy. And I'm going to ask my latest victim to tell me who she is and why I'm talking to her. Oh, I'll just press record on that one as well. You can tell this is live. I'm going to ask her to tell me who she is and why I'm talking to her about Doctor Who. Hello, I'm Geraldine Alexander, and I was in Doctor Who in the 80s. Mm. That's why you want to talk to me, I think, isn't it? Well, well that, yes. that, that's, that's... And I'm currently working up here at the Royal Exchange Theatre in Persuasion. So, um, I'm in... Is that what you want to say? Yes, our paths sort of cross. Yes. So, uh, well, I did... Do you want me to talk about Doctor Yeah, Who? Vengeance on Varos. Vengeance on Varos, yes. Well, those were the days when you had um, rehearsed in Acton Tower... Uh, a lot of rehearsal, and then you had very rushed filming time. With uh, it was when the unions were quite, you know, they pulled the plugs, bang on six o'clock, wherever you finished, mid word. But um, I mean, it was really, really good fun to do, really good fun. There was, uh, and I'm still in touch with Martin Jarvis mm. and um, Nabil yeah. Chapin, who was very active politically. He was in, uh, involved in, uh, not Red Wedge, but. He did, he did a kind of, oh, an invasion of government building. He's, yeah, he's, he, I, he's a friend of mine on Facebook. He's still, he's still out there. He's fantastic, <laughs> he's amazing. And I were, and me and Jason Connery mm. were leaders of the rebels. I had the widest shoulders I've ever, the biggest, it was prime 80s costume. Shoulders, was like, pad, you know, shoulder pads. Yeah. Really, and if I remember rightly, um, there was some big beast as well that chased us down a corridor which was very good and used to do a lot of in, in the 80s. There's probably. lots of, you do lots yeah, of running through lots corridors. Lots of running through corridors and it was often the same corridor, yeah. <laughs> shot from different angles and very bendy ones. But um, I don't know, it was just really good fun. It was really good fun. It would cause some controversy though, this story. Very violent. Well, because it was basically snuff movies. That's mm. what they were selling. They were killing, they were filming people being tortured and then selling the it was ahead of its time really mm. as and then um sold yes to make a profit so this planet was making a profit out of and i was one of the rebels me and jason yeah. the leaders of the rebels i mean because it, as we chatted briefly before we started doc two didn't have the best reputation at that time but actually looking at something like that the young actors in it, you, Jason, Owen Teal, oh, the, there, yes, there was course. talent spotting going on. There's quite a lot of Well, young... John Dave, John, who directed it, I had done another series with. It's another job, I can't remember what it was now. It was but... John Nathan Turner produced it, Ron yes. Jones directed it. Was it Ron Jones? So I'd worked with John, the producer, before. I hadn't worked... Oh, I can't let this all go. Anyway, he... Um, I, and I also can't remember what that was. Maybe Miss Marple? But the BBC, there was Your Miss Marple was John Davis, who I think... Oh, maybe that's what I'm confusing with. Yeah. Yeah, he did sorry, do a Doctor Who in 1967, but we won't go there. Did he? Yeah, he's done this. He's done this project, John Davis. Oh, yeah. he's a lovely man. Splendid fellow. Splendid fellow. And it was great, Miss Marple. Thank you very much. Cheers. 
my well, you're, the, you're the sort of lead, you're the sort of guest yeah. lead in the Miss Marple. It's I did a nice Miss Marple part. It was fantastic. Back in the day, and look, back in the 80s, I had just left drama school, so I was in my early 20s, and I came here and did um, Hamlet with Robert Lindsay, and Robert Lindsay at the time was um, Citizen Smith. So people were queuing down St. Anne's Square. You could not get a ticket for love nor money. And that really flipped my career into a completely different... Not completely different, it just helped a lot because it was the hot ticket and we went to London as well with it. And then uh, Miss Marple, um, Doctor Who, Poirot, all, the, all those things. And, and a brilliant film called You Can't Live on Cake. Um, and the, they seemed, and then the RSC, I did the RSC, and it was much more interlinked theatre and television then, because casting, because you didn't do self-tape, so your work was um, where you were seen. So if you were at the RSC or at the Royal Exchange or the National, casting directors would see you and you'd get your next job, whereas now they don't need to come and see no, you. That's when casting directors went to the theatre. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now you just, they, each job you might as well start again because they just put you on, um, I don't say this with any bitterness, I don't really like, but I mean it has changed massively. So I, it's funny now working with, I'm working at the moment with a really young company, although they're older than I was when I first started working there. And it's so different, they're still studenty, whereas like Lara, but, um, I'm doing Persuasion, she plays Anne. I'd, oh, I don't know, I'd, I had a house, children, was working. You do, you do two jobs at once. It was really, um, I think it was, well, I don't know if it's easier, it's never easy, is it? But it felt that there was more work. But I just think, now it's broader maybe, so maybe there's more possibilities, but they're more international, which we didn't have, that American kind of aspect that they all seem to go up for things in LA mm. which we, we weren't allowed to which no. somehow was very kind of there were some brave people who went over there but I wasn't one of them I, I love it here really I love the theatre here yeah. you don't need to go over now as you say with self-taping so exactly exactly but um Oh, it's, it's such a long time ago, I can't remember anybody's names, but there's an actress I've worked with quite a bit at the Globe who played, and Stephen... Oh, Stephen Yardley and Sheila Reed. Sheila, yes. I'm, I'm going to Sheila's house next Wednesday. Oh, send her my love, <laughs> Benid, she's in Benidorm, but um, she, I wrote a play that she was, did a reading of. She, and uh, we were also at the Globe, she had a dressing room at the Globe. And uh, she's phenomenal, she's like a powerhouse, she just keeps... She's... She's very, and I also saw her in, we were up in Edinburgh at the festival, at the Traverse. I was doing a Cindy Harris play, brilliant play, and she was doing Simon Stevens' um, pornography. And we caught up then, so, and we met in Doctor Who, so we've known, and Owen as well. I see Owen a lot, Owen and Syl, Sylvester, his wife. She was in Doctor Who when she was a child. I didn't know that. Yeah, with Patrick Trout, yeah, when she was a kid. Wow. Wow, she's got the most wonderful eyes. I bet they looked good. Well, could it have been? It was colour, was it? Black and white. <gasps> oh. So it was kind of... It was very much at its tail end. You did feel it was... But the script wasn't bad. And it was really lovely actors. And we rehearsed properly. And I remember doing the producer's run. You got very nervous. Um because that was when everyone came in and they had these kind of poles where they, mark, they you know, had a proper mark out on the set and 
could do the producers around the camera, the camera operator would come in, the DOP, makeup, and they'd watch you run the scenes of the play, and you think now. So it meant that when you were actually filming, there was, you really knew what you were doing. Whereas, um, I've just done a Child in Time thing with Benedict Cumberbatch, and oh man, it was lovely, I really enjoyed it. But you put your makeup on and you're within 10 minutes of being filmed, you've had no, um, we, it's so, I'm Miss Marple, we rehearsed for about four weeks, yeah, and when, and then we were down on a, like, a nine week shoot in Budley Salterton, hotel, it was really, there was much more time, and um, I'd work, I did um, work with Kosminski, the government inspector, he rehearses, we had two weeks rehearsal, he just won't do it without rehearsal. Um, and that was one of my, that, that was with Mark Rylance, who I was at RADA with, but also worked at the Globe quite a lot. And, so, and I was playing his wife, um, Mrs. Kelly, in that, it's all about the um, arms, you know, the, the proof of chemical weapon. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, Kelly, yes, Dick, I Dick, was, Dick, oh, he was amazing. He was fantastic. The whole thing was fantastic, but it was it was difficult because the family didn't really. We could only use what was in the public domain, so we'd done other scenes that were improvised when we were younger, and they all had to be. They weren't improvised when we shot them, but we improvised to make them, and they were great. They made them human, but they had to be. That was um, an cut. extraordinary film. Yeah. Extraordinary film. And he's a wonderful director. He also did Ball Fool. Of course, yeah, with yeah. Mark. And um, so that was, yeah, that was kind of the last time I'd really rehearsed for film. And, um, but everything else, I remember the shock of realising we didn't film in story order, you know, in play order. I remember that kind of uh, alarm I had. I wrote all these charts and diagrams so I would know where I'd been, where I was going, where I was coming from. and. Um, not uh, because, in fact, it was quite useful in Doctor Who because you never didn't know where the hell you were going down those corridors. But um, now, I, I, it's just instant. You have to kind of just do it. But as somebody old-fashioned, who I, I do, you know, you one mourns the loss of those days. And yet, television and film is still very, very good. Yeah. So is it just that actors have adapted? I think it's, actors have adapted. I think we do much. We do more homework probably because. We're ready. You have to be ready. You have to be ready for the audition. There's none of this going in and having a gentle read, having a nice callback. Maybe if it's a big thing, then another callback and they put you on camera. So there was a kind of rhythm to it. So by the time, whereas now, even on the self tape, you've got to kind of look like the character, you've got to learn it, you've got to give them the full thing. So that I think the different people are making decisions now, whereas before you, I mean, that's not. I'm sure if you're working with Jean-Luc Bodard, it's he's making the decisions, but there's, um, it's the producers who are making, calling the shots, and they want to see the, off, they want to see the full thing. Yeah. So, um, I think, I don't mind doing self-tape, actually, because I get really nervous, so I like being able to, I mean, I don't like all the downloading, uploading, but all that nonsense. That, but I have teenage children, so that helps. <laughs> um, but the actual process, I quite, enjoy, I, I quite enjoy. I find it better than having to go into some sweaty studio in Soho um, and perform. 
I had auditioned yeah. for Doctor Who the other day. But, I uh, went out for one and wasn't allowed to because of having done it before. Really? Yeah. Because um, I've changed agents since that time, so there was some... Um, it was... Or maybe I wouldn't have got it anyway. Kelly did it, the um, Spider-Woman thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'd love to do it again. But well. it's... And... Uh, well, we don't know what's going to happen, do we, when Capaldi When he goes. goes. Oh. oh, I know, I know. I think I just think it's amazing how they resurrect, they brought it back to well that whole kind of Sherlock. It all happened at the right time, didn't it? The speed, the camera, the actors that they got, and um, my kids were just at the right time for me to get because I wouldn't have. I got interested in it again, but um, I do remember the detail. Like the costume was amazing. I had on Vengeance. Yes. It was beautifully designed, made. I can't remember the design. But um, I had a lot of hair then. You have a lot. You have very eighties hair. I know. Uh, and I've uh, I've got really. This is just straight at the moment because of the um, play. They just blow dried it up. But I had. It was the bane of my life. I absolutely loathed it. Masses of very very curly hair that they was cut in a very. Now I look at it. Very eighties. It was very. Um, yeah, it was very eighties look. It was uh, banana armor and God knows what. There I am. You have to have a big makeup job where you get turned into. Oh God, that was lizard. awful. That was really painful. We did um, because it's not like now CGI. They literally stick a bit on, photograph, stick a bit more on, photograph. Also, it wasn't so difficult having put on. It was taking off that was um, very sore because it's just glue. Yeah. But lying there for ages, and I got to go. Yeah, I was in some amphibian lizardy thing and um, Nicola Nicola was she had got this beautiful bird feathers and colours <laughs> she looked gorgeous I looked terrible but uh, <laughs> yeah I remember that but it was I only rem it was really really good fun very giggly very very giggly we, we, we were, I guess Colin leads from the front Colin Baker the doctor he's, a, he's, he's very giggly he's a prankster yeah. And a very, very nice man. I think um, it's a shame his name is the same, you know, Tom Baker. It's a shame we have the similar. And that he, um, he was the last, was he the last one before? And then Paul did a film. Uh, Sylvester McCoy did it brief, briefly oh, after, after time. But it was your series that was Doctor Who was pulled afterwards for 18 months after that season that you were in because of it, yours wasn't the only quite violent me. story. No, it was the it was the violence. It was the violence. I think. Um, but anyway, look. It had gone quite dark. Hadn't it, it had, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite grim. Yeah. Um, and graphic, you know. Yeah. There's some pretty horrid deaths in it. <laughs> but, but Doctor Who aside, what about you, Geraldine? Well, was were you always going to act? How did you? How did oh, I see. Yes. Yes, yes. So I in your was, background at all? No, army. My um, dad was in the army. And my, yes, completely. I kept it absolutely secret, just announced that I was going to RADA. I left home very, quite young. And National Youth Theatre. I found there was a course in Stratford on Avon, and theatre studies. And at that time, there was only two in the country. Um, ben Elton went there. My friend Sarah Jane Morris, she, sings, she sang Don't Leave Me This Way. Don't leave me this oh way. yes, with the it was a very yeah, kind yeah. of radical. Um, There's very few places that did theatre, so I went there. Richard Coles, 
and uh, but they were older than me, obviously. And then I went to and I did National Youth Theatre and RADA, and my parents really knew very little about it until I said I'm going to RADA. But those were the days I had a grant, I had a maintenance. I, my, you didn't pay fees, plus I had maintenance because I've been living on my own since I was six. I got a maintenance thing, and off I went. But there were only seven girls in each year back then. Wow. It was very small. There were 61 people in RADA. And now I direct there quite a lot. It's massive. Not the actual core drum thing, is, but the institution is kind of enormous. And so, uh, yeah, I'm a textbook girl who just... I saw Alan Howard play Henry V, and I went, I'm going to do that. When he went, once more <laughs> onto the breach, I went, yes, yes. It was literally that. I went, I'll do, I'll do that. And spent every waking hour trying to make that happen. And it's actually not till I was older that um, I, I branched, I write and direct now as well. But that's... Um, that you realise the massive holes in your education is because I, my knowledge is limited to what parts I've, you know, so I've got a lot of knowledge, but it's very, I played Eleanor of Aquitaine, I know a lot about Eleanor of Aquitaine, and, you know, you know a lot about things, but it's a bit like a magpie, isn't it, the way you pick up knowledge, so I'm trying to re-educate myself, um, yeah, so I'm pretty, but I still have that uh, slightly, which doesn't do you any favour, rose-tinted privilege that you get to do the thing you want, which I think a lot of actors have. It's why a lot of us are so broke, because we always feel slightly guilty that we're... I mean, we're paid... It's not paid so badly, theatre. You can't live on it anymore. So, uh, and that's even at the best, the actual kind of... So, and that has changed, because you used to be able... Especially if you did a telly, it would subsidise, not subsidise, it would help you so much. Whereas now that's absolute buyouts. So it's a change, it's a much tougher world. And I'm very impressed by the kind of resourcefulness of young actors these days. They all do countless things. Uh, they have to. Well, we all have to, but at least my generation were able to buy property. Not big, you know, not me and the mortgage company, but it was possible um, but anyway I still love it I'm still raised I do absolutely love it but I also love um, especially as you get older and the parts become basically less interesting I mean hopefully that will change it is changing but you're you are sidelined it's very annoying you go from being center stage to being like you know you're playing as our cardinal at the exchange and now you're someone's maiden aunt how did that happen? <laughs> How the hell? You know, I still feel like Juliet, actually. But, you know, that's annoying. But that is changing ra rapidly, I think, very rapidly, with the likes of Philida doing all her um, seasons at the Donmar. And, you know, it is changing. But um, luckily, I write and direct. And so I feel... Yeah, I'm okay. It's, it's exciting. And you had a good start. I mean, you had a very good start, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I was really lucky. Yeah. yeah, with Lauren Bacall. Didn't yeah, you? I did. Sweet I did it with Harold Pinter. Yeah, with Harold yeah. Pinter. Yeah. I did. Yes, yes. I was incredibly. I just. I didn't realise how lucky I was. I went from one thing to the other. I did Sweet Bird of Youth, and then um, I took myself off. I was the whole Plantagenet season at the RSC. I mean, Sweet Bird of Youth was amazing. I was 
really, yeah, it's like Heavenly Finley with um, Betty, Betty Bacall with her, and um, Michael Beck, he was a big movie star at the time, Peter Chan, Swain, and Harold, um, who was kind of a god. I kept in touch with him for a long time. They gave me a book and wrote a poem. And, um, I mean, that was... I, d I was so... I don't think I opened my mouth other than to say my line in rehearsals, like my line's deep southern drawl. I was kind of just dumbstruck, really. But I remember... Um, I think that's one of the first times my parents saw me in anything. Because just... And they... Um, and seeing your name in lights, such a cliché. But it was so kind of foreign to anything that my family had done. It was... That was good. That was a good day. Yeah. A really good day. Yeah. And and the RSC, I mean, you again, you... Yeah, that was fantastic. Lady, Lady Anne, Anne. To Anton Lesser's... Yeah, Richard. Uh, and was, the, yeah. was it the RSC you did the Master Builder as well, with John Woods? I did. Yeah. I did. And um, I did Olivia in Twelfth oh, Night. Night yeah. But it was at the Almeida. It was a kind of festival. And um, uh, The Plain Dealer, brilliant play, with um, David Calder, Marjorie Yates, Joe Pierce. Um, it was a fantastic season. We were very lucky then. Actors got long, longer contracts. The reps were really... My first job was Pitt Lockery, because I'm Scottish. Oh. And I'd been offered Players Cast at Stratford and Pitt Lockery. But Pitt Lockery was... Um, Parts, and I just thought I really need to go and make mistakes somewhere out in the. And it was the best training, six plays after Brada, and to go up there and do these uh, Chris, uh, Christopher Fry play, The Ladies Not for Burning. Brilliant, they should bring that back, that stuff, I think. Um, and that was brilliant, but the, the, the you know, the Mount Shahali, the mountains do kind of start closing in a bit after a while. And then I did Taggart, and yeah. it's Marvin Manis' daughter, Glaswegian accent for years. Um, that was good. And then I had to make a big concerted effort to, not concerted effort, but it was a decision to leave Scotland, come back down south. I mean, it sounds... In my mind, they were all big. Now I look back and I just think, well, what happened within a year? What are you talking about? You know, <laughs> it wasn't like, but it felt um, it was a big decision then. And um, well, they like to pigeonhole this, don't they? They You've do. You've been seen as that Scottish actress. Exactly. And I was. I did um, very peculiar practice. She was Scottish as well. Um, and yeah, and I do. I like my Scottish heritage. I mean, I'm quite proud of it. I've worked at the Travis a lot, and with Dominic Hill, and, um, but I feel a bit of a fraud when I'm up there, you know, because I don't sound Scottish. Right. But um, in normal life, I don't yeah. do on screen. But, uh, and then in the RSC, then what happened next? I can't remember. Um, well, before the RSC, you've done a big series called Bust with oh, Paul Oh, yeah. Best forgotten. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, Christ. Oh, dear. That was a shamble. Well, not my finest hour. To, yes, it was inter It was really of the, uh, of the time. Terrified it would suddenly get a revival. But it was... Um, yes, I was, I was... It was very... I mean, I had a... Nicole Furry designed things for me. It was very, um, very produced. Phyllis Logan was in it. Mm. It's a, you know, Kevin's wife. And um, she 
was a very good friend, but I was I was very self-conscious doing it. I don't know what it was. A strange, strange. They changed their character as it was being written, so I'd never really knew. So what I was in the first episode, by the time I'd written the sixth episode, I was like, oh, what? You know, who am I? So that was difficult. So I only did, they did two series. I only did the first. Me and Phyllis left after the first series because wasn't unhappy but it, it wasn't great no but it was very of its time I mean 80s yeah bus people yeah. were going you know negative equity and all that business and I was his um, uh, what do you call it Pro- probation officer kind of thing he had to give his watch to me his car his, I had to check that he paid back his um, letters Paul Nicholas's yeah but, and, uh, and at that time, I mean, did you ever have sort of clashes with, do I do that telly job, do I do that theatre job? Yeah, and you, but those those never stop. I mean, not they do it because your agent always wants you to do the one that earns the most money. And you, you know, now, yeah, I'll probably will do the one that earns the because practicality is two kids, but um, I always wanted to do the art, you know, the art house thing or the... Um, but they, they've been... I can't really remember. Yes, I also used to be able to do both quite often once the play was on. But, um, you know, and there were jobs you didn't get that you desperately wanted, as always, and then there were other. But I've worked on the, the, the Royal Exchange. I have a huge loyalty to that. I've done about 10 plays there. Yeah, so when, so when I did. I, I think saw it was you at Arcadena in the Seagull, which is right. surely one of the best parts. Yeah, it's fantastic. For any actress anywhere ever. I was a bit. I reckon I could do that again, Arcadena, because she, um, in fact, when I was doing it, who's that a wonderful actress who died? Susan Fleetwood had done it at Stratford. But whilst I was doing it, um, someone else, Sheila, Sheila Gish. Gish, was doing it. So I think it's a part that you can do again, because yeah. I was quite young to it. But I loved it. It was a beautiful production. And Tom and Colin Tierney, Emma Lowndes, who's now doing Harry Potter, played... Yeah. Um, it was quite an um, early role for her, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And then we did a very strange comedian. Call me, me Party. Brad Fraser. Brad Fraser. <laughs> that was just weird. That was, that was, but it, what was great, it was a great experiment. I, don't, I think, wish they'd do it again with doing I one do company rep. doing rep. I think it's, it's working well in Liverpool. Um, but I'd done, I'd worked with Marianne here in A Woman of No Importance and then went to the National with her and did Pillars of the Community and Curious Incident. And then I did with Richard Wilson, um, Inspector Calls, with Hugh Grant. It was his first, he played wow. my brother. Um, and it was a dream, funny and lovely and it's very, well, obviously self-deprecating. But, and it's a fantastic I, play, though. Inspector Calls, yeah. brilliant play. A lot of his plays, I want to direct Laburnum Grove, do you know? It's yeah. a very early play I was in that's really funny. And the locations are so specific, and the kind of plot, the way he put rights families, um, and the good companions, and there's some, I, they're gems. Well, the Doctor Who fans would look because it suddenly they seem like normal plays, and then suddenly, yeah, it's time like travel. Like Laverne and Grove, yeah, basically, yes, exactly, and a time in the Conways. Time in the Conways, yeah, I saw fantastic. It change, actually. Oh, it's brilliant, yeah, Carol. You know, she's, they go back. It's the easiest part to play in the world because you're in the first act, the second act goes into the future and she's not there. And the third act, she says, what I'm going to be when I grow up? And the audience just 
cry because they you're going to be dead. Your appendix burst or something. But um, yeah, I think it's a wonderful. I did. Um, it's a wonderful craft. It's just wonderful craftsman. Writes good plays, and I think they always will hold an audience. I did Breaking the Code just before Christmas here um, about Alan Turing. Yeah. And again, that that sold out. And the audience. Um, and that's just a beautifully crafted play. So I think um, they never sort of die. Well, my half an hour is nearly up. Okay. So let's. Um, well, you've, you've alluded to it. You already um, have been writing and directing. So yeah. do, do you want to be doing more of that? Yes. I'm hoping to do. Um, well, I'm, I'm going off on to do Oslo the, um, at the National after this. But whilst I'm um, directing at RADA, and then I'm hopefully, fingers crossed, directing at Chester next summer. Um, yes, The Tempest, fingers crossed. Oh, you, you know, if that works out, that would be good. So the diary is pretty full. It's always full, it's just whether, one, you're, whether it's, yes, it's all right at the moment because these are all paid. It's always full. As soon as you must find exactly the same, because you've done a similar kind of. Once you start have, doing your own creative stuff, Life's good, I think. It's just not not always rich. No. But you'll be always busy. <laughs> yeah. And it's different. Something changes psychologically. I think so. Yeah. Being in control. Health, and yes. The um, finances are rubbish, but life's so, yeah. Creatively, it's. I think good. If, if you hadn't wanted the finances to be rubbish, you wouldn't have chosen. No, exactly. No one. I was under no illusions when I, because especially back then. That movies were a distant. The only films that were made, I was in the youth theatre. They did like Scum and um, Scum and um, you know the, those. What was the other mod film? Oh, uh, the Quadrophenia. Yeah. They were the kind of. But there was there wasn't Sid and Nancy and Derek Jarman and that kind of thing. There wasn't that kind of mainstream cinema at all. No. No. Well, look. What's your charity? Yeah. You've been kind enough to uh, give your um, time for MS. MS. Mm, and the, the yeah. final question is um, that this is nominally convened to talk about Doctor Who, which is still going strong. What's your message to the Doctor Who fans out there? Oh, keep, keep. What's my message? Keep coming. Keep interested. <laughs> and uh, yeah, have I have your ideas? I don't. Yes. Brilliant. Geraldine yeah. Alexander, who only had a very short amount of time, so I'm very glad you uh, fitted me in. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. It's great. I hope that was okay. okay. Yes, that was great. My thanks to Geraldine, who fitted me into her very busy schedule. <laughs> we had so little time, which is why we spoke rather quickly. Um, but uh, that makes it even more remarkable that uh, we managed to get her. Thank you to her. She said multiple sclerosis. Now, that gives you many choices. Um, the Multiple Sclerosis Society is mssociety.org.uk. Multiple Sclerosis Trust, mstrust.org.uk. Um, so, I mean, you know, there might be one that's close to you or somebody that you know. Uh, do a bit of a Google, see which one suits you, um, if you would prefer. But uh, as ever, there's no obligation, but if everyone gave a quid who listens to this podcast, uh, we'd do some good. Now, I mentioned in that one that I was going to Sheila Reed's next week, and this could have been a double Barros podcast, but Sheila is, of course, one of the busiest actresses in the world, and she actually got a part in a film written by a friend of mine. Thanks, Jason. So couldn't do it, and uh, we've not been able to hook up since, so don't get too excited, <laughs> because I haven't done one with her, even though she was more than willing. <laughs> 
uh, and is a lovely lady, but um, I'm just so busy now, which is why I'm winding this down. But there are a few more to come, so keep listening to what remains of Toby Hazelk's Who's Round, which is going to end for now because I've clearly forgotten how to pronounce my surname. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Toby Hayduke, and uh, I don't know, just um, just keep being nice to each other. I think that's all we can do, isn't it? Okay, ta-ta. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. I see yes? sent from the heavens a man tall and pale skinned. Who is he? Tell me! I am the Doctor, and this is my granddaughter Susan. Doctor Who, the first Doctor Adventures, Volume 3. Grandfather was behind us just now. I better go back. No, the old man must fend for himself. Those men are being forced to lie down in the path of the ship. The ship will be based in their blood. Barbaric! Doctor! Among the slaves, it's Ian. He's down there. Ian! He'll be crushed to death. You know what they say about people who talk to themselves. They say they're quite mad. How can he end like this? Ian Chesterton should be in every book I've ever read. In you go! Oh, voice of the stars! Release me! Let me out! You have to get out of here. Right now, you have to. This is where you die. Oh, no! It's him! It's him from before! From another point! Another time when he was alive! Oh, dear! Maybe I can't manage after all! Maybe we really might be about to... Big Finish. We love stories. Need help! Need help! Need help! Need help!